Hello, this is Peter Englert of the Why God Why podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of our first episode. Our special guest today is Cody Schweikert, and he's going to be answering the question, Why God, Why Am I So Lonely? And um, just before this, because this is our first episode, I'm Peter Englert, Adult Ministries Director at Browncroft Community Church. John, share a little bit about yourself. Hey, Peter. Great to be here, too, on the first episode of Why God Why. And uh, my name is John Amayo. I am the director for Crew in New York State. Crew is a Christian ministry on college campuses. Uh, hasn't always been my dream job to do this, uh, but I've been doing it for 17 years. Uh, before that, I worked uh, with Wegmans, for all of you who are listening who are uh, from either the Rochester area or the Northeast in general, uh, you'll know of Wegmans. Uh, recently voted, by the way, one of the top three companies in the U.S. to work for by Forbes magazine, so that's exciting. I worked for them for uh, many years before joining staff with Crew, and now I'm just uh, dedicating my life toward uh, investing in college students in this next generation, and it's been a wild ride, but I've I've loved it and am looking forward to being part of this podcast, hopefully bringing a little bit of perspective uh, to that. So, Yeah, and unfortunately, our friend Harry Gibbs is not here, so we can say whatever we want about yeah. him. <laughs> or fortunately that he is Or isn't. fortunately. Because we can say whatever we want. But Harry is our producer, and the great thing about Harry is he loves the Mets, he loves the Knicks, and he loves the Bills. So don't hold that against him. <laughs> Harry is a branch manager for one of our local banks and uh, just wonderfully insightful. And just a little bit more about me. I grew up in the Binghamton area, actually Endicott, New York. Uh, I worked and went to college in the Philadelphia area for seven years. And someday we'll get the whole story, but I moved up to Rochester to marry my wife. So... Speaking of not being so lonely, today's question (laughs) is, why am I so lonely? John, uh, you know Cody Schweikert, our guest, really well. Uh, How would you like to introduce him? Well, I've known Cody since he was a freshman in college, and so I've watched him grow over uh, maybe seven years now, just into the the man that he is today, and it has been a joy. You are going to love listening to him. Uh, He is just somebody who's really fun, also really thoughtful and insightful. This is what Cody says about himself. He's a Christian husband, aspiring English teacher. He's a core member at the Forefront Festival, where he contributes blog writing and podcast content on the topic of Christianity and the arts. He also enjoys volunteering with crew, writing poetry, and eating chicken wings. So you are going to enjoy listening to Cody, I think, as much, hopefully, as uh, Peter and I have had an opportunity to enjoy talking with him. Let's get right into it, shall we? The first episode of Why God Why. Here we go. Why God Why Am I So Lonely? Welcome to the Why God Why podcast brought to you by Browncroft Community Church. My name is Harry Gibbs, host of the podcast. Why God Why is a podcast where we ask the 21st century questions about God you never thought you could. Today's topic is, uh, for Why God Why Am I So Lonely? I am joined by our two experts, Peter Engler, Director of Adult Ministries at Browncroft, and John Amayo, New York State Crew Director. Hello to Peter and John. So our topic of loneliness, 
I just need you two to try to create a baseline for us to work with in regards to this topic of loneliness. You know, we're kicking off this new year of 2019. What does loneliness look like in today's world, today's culture? Well, uh, thanks, Harry. Yeah, uh, I, I'm glad to be called an expert. This is the first time in my life that I've been called an expert. So I'm, I'm lavishing. I'm just just let me take this in for a second anyway. Uh, so I'm, I'm just stewing in that. But as I think about this concept of loneliness, it's something that's very pervasive throughout our society. And I don't think it's getting any better, actually. I think it's getting worse. You know, a few years ago, there was a video that, that kind of gained prominence online called The Innovation of Loneliness. And it was based on a lot of research that's been done on social networking. And uh, there's three main things that social networks do to our idea of, of self and our idea of being able to connect with other people. First, they make us feel like we are fully known. Second, they make us feel like we're, we're always heard. And finally, they promise us that we're never going to have to be alone. Uh, and that last one is what hooks a lot of us. But what ends up happening is we're actually finding ourselves more lonely than uh, before, than ever before. A lot of us are struggling with loneliness. And I, I think it's an epidemic in our society right now. Yeah. And I, I would just add to that wonderful introduction that, you know, we are um, we know a lot about each other. Um, I'm surprised at how often I can walk up to someone and I just did this today and I said, how is your five pound lasagna? But I'm also surprised at how much we don't have uh, someone's not known. And so, you know, I think about the things that I go through, the struggles that I have, you know, who are the people in my life that really know that, you know, and even looking at my profile online, yeah, I have a daughter, I have a wife, but there's a side of us that if we're really honest, that we don't know, what are you insecure about? What are you scared of? And I think today's topic, and obviously today's guest, Cody, uh, is gonna do a really good job of just letting us in, because I think the fear is, is that if people know who I really am, they won't like me. But most of the time, if people who, who are the right people and who love us and care about us, and ultimately God, if we realize that we are fully known and we become fully known, those people support us and love us in ways that we could never think or imagine. So once again, today's topic of why God, why am I so lonely? So along with our experts, Peter just mentioned it, we're now gonna be joined by our special guest to help us break down and answer this question on a deeper level. Uh, today's guest is Cody Schweiker. Schweiker is a former Rochester area crew member Cody, welcome. And uh, let's just begin by having you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and just uh, maybe why this topic or, or what, you know, Peter and John have mentioned uh, is so spot on about today's world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks, Harry. And uh, gentlemen, I am thankful to be here. I'm thankful to be a special guest. Um, someday I hope to graduate to expert. Um, but I, I do uh, feel excited to talk about this topic, loneliness, because uh, not only has it been a, a big part of my life, especially a few years ago, but um, it's just, I think, something I see every day with the people I interact with, um, something that we're going to have to be thinking about more and more uh, as as time goes on. So, yeah, thankful to be here. 
So Cody, uh, you know, the first question I want to ask you is when you hear the word loneliness based on your experience, uh, you know, what does that mean to you? Well, I think about a few years ago, I think about my years in college, I think is the first thing that comes to mind. But even before that, um, growing up uh, as a kid um, with parents who uh, loved me a ton, but um, had their own issues. And so I I just remember experiencing loneliness um, from a very early age and uh, just throughout high school, wanting people to like me growing up and trying to figure out who I was and my identity in the world and just being really desperate for people to approve of me. Um, and I guess I was looking for some kind of worth or something like that. And uh, that kind of came to a head early in my college years because uh, at college I was hanging out with uh, an organization called Crew, which is a Christian ministry. And um, I was trying to be this good Christian boy, I, you know, don't swear, uh, don't drink, don't do drugs, don't go to the parties that the other kids on your freshman floor are going to. Um, and so that was really the identity I tried to adopt to get people to accept me in that community. The problem was uh, when we'd have, you know, winter break or during summers away from school, I would go back home uh, to my, you know, hometown. I grew up near Buffalo and uh in high school, I was kind of the jock party guy. And so I, I would adopt that identity when I was in that environment. And again, it was all about trying to get people to accept me. And um, I wanted to feel valuable and worthy uh, of, of relationships. And so I was kind of doing this double life thing where I was partying really hard and sleeping around uh, at home. And then I go back to college and I try to be this good Christian boy. And so that was lonely. I think that word lonely is the best word to describe that because nobody actually knew who I was. I was doing these things to impress people, but um, I was kind of living in the dark. I didn't want my party friends to know that I was all about Jesus at college, and I didn't want my Jesus friends at college to know I was all about the party scene and sin uh, when I was at home. And so nobody knew uh, the real Cody. Yeah, and I, I, for me, this is a fun conversation to have because I've seen kind of the evolution of Cody over the course of time. And I knew you as that college freshman, and I loved you as that college freshman. Love that kid a ton and love you even more today as I've seen you grow in your ability to kind of be open and honest with who you are and really have let people into your world in a significant way. So can you explain that process for you? I mean, that's a journey. That is nothing that's easy to do. That you, you, We can talk about it like it's easy, but especially in our culture right now, what you're describing is something that is, it's like death. It's like dying to let people, let that guard down and let people into like who you truly are. So how did that process work for you? What did that look like in your life? Yeah, John, that's exactly right. That is scary and it's hard. The reason I was working so hard in those different contexts was to, um, the reason I was working so hard in those different contexts 
was because I was afraid of what the other, you know, what people would think about me if they knew the whole picture, the whole picture of Cody. So that kind of came to a head when you, John, invited me to do something called a, a summer project. It used to be called summer project. Um, it's basically a missions trip. And uh, so we went out to Yellowstone together, me, you, your family and 25 other, you know, college students. And uh, the, the purpose was to just get closer to the Lord and um, share, share about Jesus with other people we were working with. It was awesome. We were going to be living in Yellowstone National Park. Um, and I was super excited to go. Uh, but when I got there, I remember showing up the first day and this guy named Brian, who was kind of volunteering his time, he was helping lead the, the project that summer. I was just chatting with him and he was helping me unload the car and move into my room. And I said, so, Brian, what made you come, you know, on this project a few years ago? Because he'd been already. And he said, I don't know why I came. But when I did, God convicted me of a bunch of crap. And I started following him for real. And when he said that, I got sick to my stomach because I, I knew I was hiding a ton of stuff from my Christian, you know, context from all those people that thought I was just this really good kid. And so I felt sick to my stomach. And for the next few days, I was just wrestling with God because he was saying, hey, let these people know what you're struggling with. Let them know what you do. Let them know who you are. Give them the whole picture of who you are. And I just didn't want to do that. I was afraid I, you know, I was afraid I would die. I was afraid people would reject me and my worst fear um, would become a reality. But I, I just had to, I was so sick of hiding. I was exhausted of burying the truth deep down inside. And so I just let it out um, one day and uh, with, with a bunch of guys that didn't really know that well. And John, you were in the room, which made it all the scarier because <laughs> I had spent the first you know two years of our friendship trying to trying to impress you with all of my good you know moral <laughs> nonsense. And so that was a ter- that was a terrifying moment, um, and it was really painful. But uh, when I expected the leader of the project to come up to me and say, "Hey, Cody, sounds like you've got some messed up stuff going on. Uh, maybe you should go home and figure that out but rather than stick around this summer." But instead, people came up and they said, we're so glad you're here. And they just prayed with me. And that was really the turning point in my life. So, Cody, uh, you know, I think some of our listeners probably think, you know, they probably ask the question, is that really true? You know, because I, I think we hear about your story. And the moment that I try to be authentic is the moment that I receive the most judgment. Um but before we even get there, I, I want you to share a little bit more about that tension of here you are with your friends, you know, in the party scene, and you're trying to to feel like you belong there, and then coming to church, or or I should say crew, and feeling like you're trying to belong there. You know, just help me understand when you were sitting alone at night at 10 p.m., and you're trying to just... Does anyone really know me? What were some of the thoughts and what were some of the feelings that were really going on in your mind as you were trying to wrestle with being both? Well, at it, this, at the risk of sounding too dramatic, I remembered I was often in the car for some reason. I'd be driving in the car, either leaving my girlfriend's house, who is now my wife. Uh, and I remember all the time thinking, I'm going to die like this. You know, that sounds dramatic, but I, I really remember thinking, I'm going to die like this. I have got to keep this up for my entire life now. I've cheated on my girlfriend. I've lied to my friends and to my mentors and the people I respect most. 
and if and I've just let it go on over and over and over again. I want to stop doing these things, but I can't. And so I, I just have to I have to continue the charade, otherwise my whole world is going to fall apart. And I really just thought I'd have to do that until I died. Um, and that, that was just hopeless. It was really scary. It was exhausting. Um, and a, like I said, a really, really lonely time because I couldn't confide in anyone. Uh, the party friends, you think, oh, well, they, you know, they're accepting. They, they're doing drugs and they're doing, they, you know, they're not judgmental. But if you start talking about Jesus and, hey, I kind of actually want to live uh, and pursue Christ, they, you know, they don't want to hear that. And so I really did have no one to, to talk to, or so I thought. Yeah, I think you did a great job of explaining the reality of that situation. Like the reality, like as you're talking about that and I'm envisioning you in the car struggling with that. I mean, that's what I, I've lived that way in my life as well. So I've, you know, have a history of putting up a lot of charades my whole life, you know, up until a breaking point in my life shortly after college was the same type of situation where I lived in that exact same way of one group of people I was acting one way, another group of people I was acting another way. I, I, I So as you were describing that, I was just feeling that inwardly myself. Um, I think we all need to hit that breaking point, you know, of of, okay, I, if I keep this up, I can't keep this up forever. Like to the point of what you were describing, like I've got to keep this up forever. We eventually have to hit that breaking point and go, there's something that's causing me to, to double think this. Was there, a, was there something specifically that you were thinking about? Was it loneliness itself? Was it just that that feeling got to be overwhelming to you? Or was it other people in your life that, that drove that? What, or a combination? What was that? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I was fully expecting, even heading into that summer, I was you know headed to Yellowstone. It was going to be 10 weeks of just a really intense Jesus stuff, you know? So I was like, okay, get in the zone, Cody. You know who you have to be for the next, for this summer, you know, say the right things, you know, don't say the wrong things. And like I said, when I got there, I met this guy, Brian, and the first couple days, you're you're sitting in this room with a bunch of men and they're just sharing their life story. You know, this is why I'm here. This is how I got here. And people are, you know, people are being real. They're, they're not being service level. They're talking about hard stuff. And I just, you know, I kept putting it off. I did not want to, I, I didn't want my turn to come, you know, but like I said, I felt like I'd been wrestling with God. The spirit of God is like, Cody, you gotta, you gotta get free from this. You know, I didn't hear that audibly a voice in my head or anything, but I, I was very aware of that sense that you need to get free from this stuff. It's going to be painful, but you gotta be honest for the first time. You got it. You have to, you have to. And I just fought it and fought it and fought it. And I just felt sick for several days. Um, it, until I just broke down and I, I, the courage, God gave me a ton of courage in that moment to just <laughs> open up a big can of worms that uh, made that whole entire year really painful and sad, but also really liberating. And um, yeah, I felt known for the first time. So, yeah. Cody, I, I think um, that story is so powerful for our listeners to hear I do want to uh, bring our experts back in, Peter and John, and 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 break down this idea of, you know, not everyone's story is going to be the same as Cody's, and and certainly um, 
we all have different experiences through high school into college. And then that final transition, I think that occurs uh, for young adults, which is transitioning away from college, away from any sense of community and truly having their first alone experience as you know, a grown adult away from from family and friends. And I I wonder what are some options for an individual that may be listening today that that's in that space right now that they they haven't had uh, the spirit of God come to them uh, in those moments of conviction, as Cody talked about that that can happen and are so true. What about someone who is is far away from God and is experiencing this this podcast saying, you know, why God? What this the same reason why we're uh, addressing this topic in, in this podcast is why does God matter and, and why God, why? I think one of the key things, and, and, and that's a powerful question, Harry, because, you know, as we're, as we're having this discussion, you know, I'm thinking about you that are listening, you know, you could be all over the place, uh, spirit, you know, on your spiritual journey, whether that's, you know, you're a skeptic of, you know, why God is even here to someone that's faithfully, consistently, you know, being a part of a church community. But the thing is, is loneliness runs the gamut. And I think before we even like talk about super practical tips, and I, and I believe we have them, you know, I, I just think that Jesus experiences a level of loneliness that identifies with us. You know, the story of Jesus coming to earth walking where we walked, you know, there's a moment that he's about to go through his greatest suffering. And, um, and even within his greatest suffering, you know, he asks God, where are you? And I think that there, there's hope even in that bad news that when you pray and when you seek Jesus, you're not seeking someone that is so far above you that, that he can't relate to where you are. You know, Harry, as you were talking, I was thinking about probably the loneliest season in my life. I was, um, I just graduated from college and I had lived with this expectation that I had to be successful and, you know, and be at the top of my career like right away. And I ended up getting a job at a college cafeteria and it was so lonely living in the middle of of Missouri at the time. I lived with some family, but I just felt like a failure. I felt like, you know, everybody had told me you have a ton of potential. And so not only was I dealing with this idea of lonely, like I don't know that many people and I'm super extrovert, but I also felt with this heavy burden of I'm not measuring up to what everyone expects. And I think ultimately when we encounter Jesus, you know, we learn different expectations. And so, you know, I'd say to you, for those of you that are skeptics of Jesus, I challenge you with this idea of what's your expectations, but I'd also challenge you with the fact that that Jesus isn't just someone that, that kind of says loneliness, get over it, but it's someone that'll actually wait with you in your, in your worst time. John, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Wow. I, I think you summed it up really well there, Peter. I, I think one of the, the best passages in the Bible that I've experienced in terms of this is Psalm 139. 
And I think there's such a clear correlation between what social media promises us and what God actually is for us that it's pretty remarkable. Um, in many ways, I think what we're trying to do sometimes in social media is substitute what God can do for us with another platform. And it just doesn't work. You know, in Psalm 139, it, it gives us this amazing picture of God. And so if you have a chance to read it, even if you're a skeptic and, and you don't believe any of this, I, I would just say, hey, crack it open and look at it. It, it, it tells us this vision of God. It's that, that God knows you intimately. He knows every detail of your life before any of it was written. He, he loves you completely. He, he knows you. He loves you completely, 110%. And he's always there with you. He's always there with you in the midst of whatever you're going through. And when I'm in my loneliest, I, I don't believe one of those three things, sometimes multiple ones of those three things. But I think if when I'm when I'm returning to God and I'm realizing that those are the things that he gives me, there's this peace that comes from outside of myself that's very real, that's very tangible, um, that that I can't explain any other way other than that's God. That's something that he's doing. So um, that that's, I think, where God meets an area that, that sometimes we don't think he's going to. So, Cody, I'm I'm curious right now, uh, you know, just kind of this discussion on loneliness. You shared a lot about your past, but, you know, you've been through some job transition. You've made a, a major change in your life. You know, what does um, your struggle with loneliness look like today? And, you know, I think for our listeners and just for us, you know, what are your wins and your losses? You know, share a little bit about your journey and how you're growing in there. Yeah, it's it's funny you ask that, Peter, because I, I feel like I am going through a, a season of loneliness to, to some degree now. By God's grace, it's I don't think it's as bad as it was, uh, you know, during the Yellowstone College years. But uh, the last couple of years, I worked for an awesome ministry called Crew. We've mentioned it before, and I was serving uh, in a full-time capacity. I belong to a staff team, my coworkers, and it's, it's more like family. Uh, we we meet often, we eat together, we pray together, uh, we we work together, and that was really special to me. And I don't think I realized how special it was until it changed. Uh, so I. I finished my, you know, two-year-long internship with Crew and went back to graduate school and and working in, a, in an office space and kind of a more secular environment. And I think I took for granted the the, the gospel-centered community I had. Um, and so I, I, you know, I still belong to a, a church and we have like a, a Bible study we do weekly with the church group and. That's really been keeping me alive, I would say, as far as uh, just deep, meaningful relationship. Uh, but it's it's been it's been really hard. Um, I think it's it comes in waves as far as feeling connected to people. You know, uh, uh, one friend Zach, you know, is an example of a guy I worked with a ton uh, in the last couple of years, and just because our lives have changed and we've got different things going on, I don't I don't get to see much of him anymore. So. Uh, when you feel a, a, a friendship like that tear, I mean, we're not angry at each other or anything. We just just don't see each other as much. Um, it's 
it's a painful thing. And so it's, it's hard to, it's hard to even describe it with any kind of clarity. Cause I do feel like I'm in the middle of that right now. So I'll have this transition for a moment on this topic. Uh, again, why God, why am I so lonely and try to, uh, transition to some, some specific aspects of this 21st century world, uh, and that being social media. What role, uh, and again, I'll bring in our experts, Peter and John, to kind of set the foundation for the conversation, and then we'll bring back uh, Cody for some more expertise on his end as to where is loneliness, or where do you see it playing out uh, as it concerns social media and its effects or, you know, possible positive effects to avoid loneliness or maybe even in a worst case scenario, create uh, more of it? That's a great question, Harry. And and I appreciate what you were just sharing, Cody. I think that's so real and it's so raw and it's, it's fresh. It's, it's what a lot of people are experiencing. I think the, the very fact that, that this time of your life is one of those transitionary times. I think a lot of people who are listening right now might be in one of those same situations as you in a real transitionary time of life. And and those can be some of the toughest times are those transitions. And, and as you were saying, Harry, I, I don't think that social media necessarily helps us out all that much because I think from my perspective, one of the things that it it does in a negative way is we have to, we feel the pressure to edit our lives to only display the highlights, the the highlight reel, if you will, of our lives. You don't see the the negatives that are going on in the background. You don't see a lot of the the turmoil that's underneath. What you end up seeing are these highlights, these snapshots of our lives, and then the lives of the people around us. So it can appear like no one else is struggling except for me. And that's actually the furthest thing from the truth. Actually, if you could really see what's going on in everybody's life, you would probably be overwhelmed by everything that's going on in their lives as well. So um, I think that's one of the things we need to be careful about when we approach social media is is approach, not that we reject it totally, but that we realize what I'm looking at right now is the highlight reel of somebody's life. This isn't the day in and the day out, the everything that they're going through. Um, I just think that's an important thing to, to look at. Yeah, um, I don't think social media is evil. And, uh, you know, I was listening to uh, someone talk about this today. You know, imagine when cars were invented, you know, and your son wants to buy his own car. And you said, I didn't have one, so you don't have one. Like, we'd still be walking places. (laughs) You know, I, I think about iPhones and social media. I don't think that they're inherently evil, but we're learning how to adjust to this world. And I think that that's super important for us to just acknowledge that this is a new world and there's good things about social media and there's bad things about social media. But ultimately, what we want to do in this podcast and where I want to encourage you as listeners is how much stock am I putting into my image online versus how much stock am I putting on to the conversation I'm having with myself? You know, I believe that we're all having an internal conversation with ourselves. We're we're saying what we value. You know, there's the people that encourage us. There's people that we're bitter with. And I bring that up because, again, I, I think that Jesus 
you know, and and followers of Jesus have a unique perspective on this. There's, you know, John was mentioning a psalm, you know, and you can Google this in the Bible, but even, you know, Psalm 42, you know, this this psalmist is feeling the deep weight of of God being distant. And, you know, he asked the question, why am I so downcast? Oh, my soul, put your hope in God. And and I tell you that not because I'm expecting you to just wake up and put your hope in God, but there's an element of following Jesus that the reality that I'm feeling, which is reality, isn't the reality of what I'm really facing. And so when we experience loneliness, the reality of who I think I am online isn't necessarily the reality of who I really am. And I think one of the awesome things that Cody's brought up is that, you know, when you feel that pressure to be the other reality as opposed to the real you, you're going to face that. And even thinking now, you know, Cody, I, I'm curious, you, you really, you know, you were really authentic about, you know, where you are at now. Tell me how is that different and how are you, you know, I feel so, how are you managing that? How are you working through that? You know, how, how is this season of loneliness different than other seasons? Well, this season of loneliness is different than others, um, especially different than uh, the story I shared earlier of the darkest season because uh, I have hope in it. And what I mean by that is I, I think I've got basically the answer to get out of it and to combat the loneliness. Whereas before, you know, where I'm thinking I might die like this with, you know, with just nobody that really knows me and loves me. And now I know I'm not going to die like this. I just, you know, it, to get really practical, I need to I need to read my Bible. If if I cannot have a relationship with God, if I'm not listening to him and what he says in his word. And so I think that's been a huge source of loneliness for me is feeling distance from God. Um, and whether that's the, the transition that John, you mentioned, um, my life is changing my schedule, the, the day, the day to day, um, it's just changed so much. And I don't think I've fully adjusted. So I think I still feel lonely, but I, I have the tools I need to, to combat that. And I think ultimately the antidote to loneliness is connection and relationship. And another one of the pitfalls I you know, tend to slip into is going to social media for that. Um, I'm going to put out this image of my life. I want people to see me this way. I want to control their perception of me. And I can do that with these various tools and filters. And if I put out that image and I get a bunch of likes and, oh, my gosh, it's been two hours and I've only got two more likes and checking image, it's really sad. And I find, you know, I'll be totally honest, I find myself falling into that sometime. And not to say social media is evil, but uh, when we try to use that as a substitute uh, for real relationship and real connection and deep connection, um, then I think, you know, that I can expect this to go on in my life. So. Mm -hmm. All right, gentlemen, we're going to uh, bring it to our final thoughts and give us all opportunity and space uh, to really break down uh, our question uh, of the day, which again, today's episode of Why God, Why Am I So Lonely? So in conclusion, what does Jesus teach us about loneliness? And in that, how, how does it help us answer the question as far as why does loneliness exist? And to the point of how do we deal with it once we've identified that it 
does exist. So maybe for each of you to to give your uh, synopsis of why Jesus has brought this into our life. Wow, that's a that's a heavy yet good question, Harry. And uh, I think as I think about this, I just I'll just tell a story from my life where I experienced this, and 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 hopefully that will translate into some answers as well. Um, I I think there was a time a few years ago when I was in the midst of struggling with loneliness, and yet I was going to this camp, going to be at this camp all by myself for an entire day, and that might seem for some people listening, you're like, oh my goodness, that sounds like the best dream in the world for me. Uh, For me personally, that seemed like a nightmare. I was going to be by myself. And that meant no, there was no TV there. There was nothing else to distract me. Even the internet service was horrible. So there was nothing to distract me. Uh, and I sat there in a chair, and that's where actually I, I read that psalm that I talked about before, Psalm 139, and I, I, I let that kind of sink into my life, and, and for the first time in my life, I'd never said this before in a prayer that I know of, I, I said to God, kind of out loud, again, no one else was there, so I just said, God, I feel lonely right now. I just feel lonely and it felt like a lot of courage for me to say that out loud. Uh, it felt like it was almost wrong for me to say that, but I, I did anyway. And in that moment, as I let those words from that psalm hit me and I just sat there in silence, I didn't hear this audibly, but I, 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 I heard it in my soul was, was the fact that, John, you're lonely, but you're not alone. You're lonely, but you're not alone. And so I, I don't know where you are out there today, you know, what spot you find yourself in. My guess is if you happen to stumble across a podcast about loneliness uh, and you've gotten this far, you might just be th- someone who's really struggling with this right now. I want you to know, first of all, you're not the only one that's struggling with this. I have struggled with this and continue to in some ways in my life, but I want you to know more than anything else, you might be lonely, but you are not alone. You're not alone where you're at right now. John, that was such a great thought. I am, um, you know, one of uh, one of the people that, you know, I just consider is really an expert on this topic. His name's Thomas Merton. He wrote the book, No Man is an Island. I just want to read a little quote from him. The man who fears to be alone will never be anything but lonely, no matter how much he may surround himself with people. But the man who learns in solitude and recollection to be at peace with his own loneliness and to prefer its reality to the illusion of merely natural companionship comes to know the invisible companionship of God. And you know, I, I think that there's a healthy tension of being alone. Um, and I, I think Merton kind of clearly puts it out there that there's a difference between experiencing loneliness and solitude. And John, I think your story illustrates that so much is that sometimes, you know, whether you believe in God or not, being alone allows you 
to experience and really know what's going on in your life as opposed to always trying to fill space. Now, for some of us, we're introverts and that's, um, and I'm not an introvert, but for some of us, we're introverts and the loneliness is a different nine feeling than extroverts. But the one thing that I can say about Jesus is he's not out there necessarily to quelch this loneliness as in you're going to be completely um, cured of it. But if anything, the loneliness is an invitation to a deeper reality of Jesus at work in us to experience what he experienced, to see grace. And so when I think of that, you know, the more that we run from loneliness, I think the more we experience it. But the more we experience loneliness as an invitation to Jesus and others, the more it has an opportunity to transform our lives. Yeah, thanks, Peter. Um, I guess my final thought would be uh, to think back to even the beginning of the Bible and uh, Genesis and creation, and we see very early on that God is relational in nature. And you talk about the Trinity, and I know you guys probably could explain this better than me, but um, to to have a triune God teaches us that God is relational. God is in relationship with himself, and he made us to be in relationship with him. And and so I think that I, that word relationship, connection, unity is so important because what has happened with sin, and I'm sorry to use the S word, right? I, I, there's no other substitute for it, really, um, because it's this unique thing that has damaged uh, the, the very mechanism that, you know, we're, we're meant to exist from, and that's, um, that's relationship. And so I think it's been so damaged that we don't even realize we're lonely, some of us. Um, and I guess maybe you haven't listened to the podcast this far if you don't think you're lonely. But if, if you're still listening and you don't think you're lonely, um, I would encourage you to ask God. I hope that you're not lonely. Um, but sometimes I think maybe we are without even realizing it because we don't know what's what's available to us um, through the church, through uh, people who love Christ and won't judge you if you're your true self and who really know you. And so until you taste that, what it means to be really known, I don't know if you have experienced real love from someone else. So um, I guess that would be a final thought for me is to to ask God if, if you are lonely and if you are, what can be done about it? Thank you, Cody. Uh, Cody Schweikert, our special guest today. Uh, and thanks to our two experts, Peter Engler and John Amayo, uh, for coming uh, along with us on this journey uh, in conversation as to why, God, why am I so lonely? I hope that uh, all of you found it inspiring and found things uh, that you were able to connect with. Again, the Why God Why podcast is brought to you by Browncroft Community Church. If you have more questions about this podcast, about Browncroft, or would like to send us a question yourself that maybe we could answer on the air, uh, we would love to do so. You can visit www.browncroft.org or search for Browncroft on all social media platforms to learn more about this community. And we thank you for listening. <laughs>